Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. This is play-by-play commentator Todd Kennelly. Make sure you check out Stu's Wrestling Podcast week in, week out. This guy knows his stuff. He's on top of the combat sports game, and I'll be listening, and we'll see you next time when it is time to fight on. You're listening to Stu's Wrestling Podcast. It's time for British Wrestling's sharpshooter, your host, Stu Palmer. So, without further ado, my guest for episode 58 of Stu's Wrestling Podcast, Mr. Gino Rivera. Enjoy. My guest today, all the way from Albuquerque, New Mexico, is Mr. Gino Rivera. How's it going, Gino? Hello, how are you? I'm wonderful. Thanks for sparing the time, man. Really appreciate time. I know people are busy, so I'm going to get straight to it. And I'm going to ask, it's a current question. I'm going to ask, how has lockdown been for you, yourself, your experiences over the past six or seven months? I'll start with that one at the moment. Okay, so lockdown has been absolutely wonderful for me. Um, I'm still training. I'm still, uh, you know, wrestling and stuff like that. You know, I, I had a few cancellations and stuff uh, with bookings and going out of state and stuff like that in America uh, to different states. But um, other than that, I have my own school called Off the Ropes in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And we've, we've stopped uh, at first, you know, when it was really exploding. And then after a while, when we got the procedures on what to do and how to open the school again, we started doing that again. So with my students, that's what we did. And we've been training ever since like Mad Men. So it's awesome. Uh, lockdown, I got to spend a lot of time with my family. And I'm just so happy. Um, you know what I mean? Like, I can still do a little bit of what I love or else I'd go insane. How many allowed in, in the school at any one time for training just to extend off that? So um, there is like, you know, a, a certain amount that can go. I mean, obviously you can't have 50 people in a school. So we've gone down to at least I'd say eight or 10, you know what I mean? But some people are, uh, they have different schedules. So, you know, some people can't make it or some people come different days. So it's it just, you know, it influxes, it goes up and down. That's cool. I'm going to get to you now and the start of your career. When did you begin training for wrestling? When did that come to come to be? So I started my training in 2008 with a company called Santino Bros Wrestling, ran by XPW. Um, I don't know if you guys know about that. It's the basically the West Coast version of the ECW. Yeah. Um, uh, so we were more of the rebels on the West side. So uh, the guys that people no nobody wanted us or anybody to see, that was the West Coast side, which is XPW. And the, uh, the trainer's name uh, who trained me, 
His name was Joey Chaos, mm -hmm. uh, Kid Chaos. And uh, one day I was going down to the Los Angeles Staples Center and I was going to watch a show. Um, uh, it was WWE at the time. And I got this flyer. And at first I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't want a flyer. It looks like a stripper thing. You know, I don't want to go see a strip club, <laughs> whatever. So I, I threw the flyer to the side. I watched the show. I come back, come back outside and all of a sudden I get like two or three more of these. And I'm like, I'm just taking all these flyers, you know? And I'm like, what the heck is this? I give it a real good look. And I'm like, train to be a pro wrestler. And my, my head exploded. I was like, this is everything I've ever wanted in life. Where do I go to do this? And I had it right in front of me. So sure enough, um, I called that number the next day and I was like, I want to learn to be a pro wrestler. And from there it was on, I got to see the school. They enrolled me. I trained in 2008. It was hard, long, vicious, painful, sore. Uh, I had tears. I, there was blood. I lost teeth. I got my jaw broken during training, but I still stuck with it, and I made my debut in 2009. <laughs> now we all dream of doing it. That might yeah. some people might turn around and say, "I don't want to do it." Now Gino said that yeah. you got you got to love it. You got to have a love for it. Obviously, I'm I'm a fan. On I wouldn't know. Never stepped foot in the ring, but yeah, that was cool. Are you encompassed? the start, the beginning of the training. Who else was with you at the training school at the time? Who were you in there with? Who was, who was helping you so, out? Uh, Mariah Moreno, who's one of the first transgender wrestlers uh, in America. Um, we, I have Ray Rosas, who just debuted for AEW Dark. Uh, a lot of guys that came through, you know what I mean? I'm probably the only two that actually graduated from my class. I was class one and two of Santino Bros. And now I don't know how many more classes have, like, transpired but um i was one of the first classes and first graduates out of that school how was it crafting your moveset in the beginning and how long did that take obviously you were learning learning as you were going so yeah getting getting right. moves set together in the early times of your career that was my next one gino right so um obviously um i'm a cruiserweight <laughs> I'm, I, I'm 160 pounds but at the time i was considered probably like a featherweight just uh I was a hundred pounds, so there I couldn't wrestle like a big man. I couldn't do a choke slam on somebody that's six one, two eighty. Obviously, I was a little guy in the ring. I was the underdog. I was the Rey Mysterio, and that's what my company at the time tried to make me as. I wrestled under a hood, which is called a mask, and I was doing the whole cruiserweight, you know, flippy stuff that I saw when I was a kid. I was a big fan of Psychosis. Rey Mysterio, Juventud Guerrero, the whole WCW Cruiserweight division in like 96 around that area. Eddie Guerrero, Dean Malenko, all of those guys, Chris Benoit. And I tried to um, basically reenact what I saw on TV. And I wanted them, that part of uh, what they did to be a part of my moveset. And from there, it was just, it was on. Like I was jumping out of the rings and flying here and getting thrown there and Man, um, just stuff that I don't do today. 11 years in, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> so I was crazier when I was younger, yes. Who were your mentors at that time? You obviously talked about Joey Chaos. Know Joey Chaos very well. Seen a lot of stuff over the years when he was with Ryan Katz as well. Uh, yeah, who were some of your mentors, Gino? Was Actually, just, uh, you just mentioned one of them. Uh, basically, Ryan Katz is definitely mm -hmm. one of my mentors. Joey Chaos, um, Jesse Hernandez, Rudy Gonzalez, David Marquez. I, I've got a lot of mentors, a lot of people that are behind me and want to see me succeed. Back then, it was more, um, I really looked up to Angel Exotico, um, a Supreme who recently passed away, one of my trainers. Uh, he was an, uh, you know, 
a hardcore legend in, in its own, man. Like that guy was just so nice and generous, but a monster in that ring. And he was just such a teddy bear around me and he took care of me and looked after me. So those were my mentors at the time. You wrestled for, I don't know if you still are, you wrestled for Championship Wrestling for Hollywood for, for a long, long time. How, how was that working under Dave Marquez? I'm a big fan of what Dave does, obviously. Oh, gosh. Dave Marquez is... Your experience. Is, your experience yeah, David Marquez is like my favorite human. Dave Marquez is like one of my favorite, most favorite people uh, breathing right now. He's just such a nice guy. And he gave me an opportunity of a lifetime. And that opportunity of a lifetime changed my whole wrestling moveset, how I look, how I conduct myself. He taught me how to do TV. And um, in 2014, I was struggling a little bit, um, you know, on the wrestling scene and in my personal life and stuff like that. And I needed a break. I needed help. And I didn't know where to go to. And one of my uh, mentors, David Marquez, at the time called me and said, hey, I got a spot for you. And it's as a tag team wrestler and and then at the time, I was like, I don't like tag team wrestling, but I'll take whatever. I need a shot in the leg right now. And he gave me an opportunity, and he just said, hey, I got, you know, I got this other guy, Danny Rivera, who's on New Japan, um, Danny Limelight. You guys may know him. And he took two guys that were struggling, put us together, and shot us to the moon. And we made our debut in championship wrestling from Hollywood, I believe, in 2015, early 2014, around there. I left another company to go to this company, and... From there, it's just I learned how to be a television wrestler versus an independent wrestler wrestling indie shows. So there's a big difference. And I learned how to do promos, how to work the cameras, just just the way TV ran and timing and, you know, what happens in a referee's ear. David Marquez was a big influence on my wrestling life and is one of my dearest friends. And I can't thank him enough. It's cool to see what's happening with Prime Time Live as well. The, the setup is incredible. I obviously had yes. Todd Kennelly on recently, so I was talking to him about it. But it's good. It's good to see wrestling shows. Aside from the big two, as it were, it's cool to see smaller promotions coming together, putting content out there again. It's incredible, man. Incredible. Setup. It's awesome. Primetime Live is is a mix of talent around them uh, around America. Uh, I'm sure more international talent will debut as soon as everything you know blows over. But right now. Primetime Live is, is like one of the, uh, the hottest things going right now. You know what I mean? When you talk about WWE, you talk about, you know, uh, AEW and Impact and NWA, you have to mention Primetime Live. And that's all thanks to the man Dave Marquez and Billy Corgan, who's working there. We're all part of the same family, United Wrestling Network. You guys can go check that out on YouTube and um, uh, other social media platforms. But David Marquez is on fire right now. And if you're working for him, you are probably one of the best around because he doesn't take a uh, stellar talent. He wants the best talent and that's what's on display on his show. So you have a spot on two Oh five live when you yes. sent me, when you sent me the information via email. So I had to talk about that and bring that up. How was that wrestling is crazy and Delgado? Let me tell you, <laughs> um, if you've ever had a dream and you realize it was right in front of you. And in seconds, that dream is going to happen. Um, that feeling, I, I can't even put to words what that feeling is, but that's exactly what happened to me. I grew up um, less fortunate. Um, my mom did the best she could. And with wrestling, it was our outlet. She loved wrestling. I loved wrestling. And um, 
that's all we would do is just like rent videos and watch wrestling. And I would always tell her, I'm going to be a wrestler. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And one day I'm going to wrestle for the WWE. And of course, you know, oh yeah, no problem, honey. Sure. You know, when I'm in first grade, I would draw, draw in that little box and I would, you know, draw a little ring, and a stick figure and put WWF at the time. And, you know, while everybody's going, hey, I want to be a, a cop or uh, I want to be a, a firefighter and I'm holding up, I want to be a wrestler and I want to wrestle for the WWF. And I got to do that and live out my dreams. It was the most, like, I thought I was going to explode inside internally. So um, wrestling for the WWE was everything I ever thought it would be. It was so much fun. Um, I can tell you about that day, just going into the, uh, the arena, not knowing what is going to happen. Um, I was just booked and they said, hey, kid, can you be here? Sure. All right. Be here at this time. Got there at that time. All of my favorite superstars, all of the legends that I grew up watching, all backstage, shaking hands, saying hello, being so nice and courteous and helpful. And here I am standing against a wall and Triple H walks by, shakes everybody's hand. Stephanie introduces herself, the big show. How you doing, sir? You know what I mean? <laughs> Everybody. Um, um, you know, you see Undertaker walking by and Vince with his whole entourage and you're just so intimidated. But at the time I wasn't intimidated. I just knew I, I should be here. I, I deserve to be here. No one deserves anything, but I've earned it. And I know that if anything happens right now, I know that th it was meant to be. And sure enough, um, we got into the ring with one of the Armstrongs and they conducted a tryout. You know, they're like, hey, everybody pair up. We're going to have a wrestling match with each of you guys. Um, let's get it going. We had a certain amount of time to, you know, basically do that tryout and that, that match. And all of a sudden they go, oh, hey, guys, change your plans. You're working with you. You're working with you. You're working. And they switched us. So whatever we called was like, oh, um, wait, wait, wait. I was going to do a match with this. No, you guys got one minute. Get in the ring. And I got in the ring and I called it on the fly. And um, for people that don't know what that is, that's basically calling the whole wrestling match inside the ring without hours of talking and you know, preparing yourself. But I did that and I got in the ring and did all my, my uh, baby face stuff, my good guy stuff. And I got over and I, I was in front of... Um, AJ Styles and the New Day, Randy Orton, Baron Corbin, Jinder Mahal, they were all there and they were watching everything. So I had an audience. It wasn't in an empty arena. It was an audience where everybody's watching. And um, from what I understood, uh, they pulled me aside and they liked what I saw. Jinder uh, Mahal is the most sweetest man you'll ever meet. Um, pulled me aside and gave me some advice. Um, Randy Orton, Baron Corbin was amazing he gave me the most advice and for a young guy like me that, that that's everything for a guy of his stature to to help me and kind of say hey maybe if you hit him a certain way like this it might help you out you know and and just i'll forever remember those moments of of advice given to those guys you know uh, i'll never forget this one little funny story inside that story was um there was a few guys doing a few lucha luchador moves and they're from mexico and I remember Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods and AJ Styles walking by and telling us, guys, whatever you see there, don't do that. Don't do that. And I remember just going, okay, I can't do that. Whatever. You know what I mean? So I went in there. I did something else. And sure enough, Dean Malenko, Dean Malenko excuse me, uh, the legend himself, Dean Malenko, a guy I grew up watching, who was an agent at the WWE, called me aside. And he goes, how long have you been wrestling, kid? With his uh, toothpick in his mouth. 
And I was like, oh, for a few years, sir. And he goes, all right, do you speak Spanish? And I was like, no, but yes, yes, I do. <laughs> no, yes. He's like, good. You're going to work with Grand Metalik and Lince Dorado on 205 Live. Uh, what's your name? And I'm like, Gino Rivera. And he's like, uh, how about Corazon Delgado? I'm like, what? He's like, Delgado Corazon. That's the name you're going to get. How do you say skinny kid or skinny cat in Spanish? And they said something else. He goes, forget that. No, you're going to be uh, Delgado Corazon. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what about the other guy? And he's like, that's it. he's going to have his name. You're going to be this. And I'm like, okay. And he kind of told us what he wanted, what he wanted us to do. And sure enough, um, I'm walking down the ramp and it's in an arena that I'm very familiar with because I watched wrestling there. I also wrestle in Arizona and a few of the fans knew me. So while I'm walking down to the arena, just you could hear just people yelling my name, chanting or whatever it was. And I was, I was nervous as I was in the ring because I was like, I can't believe this is all happening. I'm in a WWE ring. And then there's people that know me that are chanting my name and I can't look at them and go, hello, I have to kind of stay in character. So just being in the ring and everything happening, you know, I hear the music, they come in, we do our spots and they kick my butt. Um, they kicked me so hard in the face. If you watch that match, episode 65 205 live uh, february 2018 it was one of the hardest kicks i've ever felt in my face but i still held my own and i did the match and right, right when i got out of the ring it was just is it over already i don't want it to be over no it can't be over why is it over and sure enough um that was my wwe debut and it was everything it was so magical guys it's like being at disney world you know what i mean so that's how i can uh, explain that to you Bet that was just full circle moment, as you say. You idolised Dean Malenko, getting the advice yeah. from Dean Malenko. I bet it's just like the kid, the kid in you must have been like, "This is incredible." He's <laughs> giving me, he's giving me a name on the spot. <laughs> yes, yes. It was funny because uh, you know, just watching Dean Malenko as a kid, he was such a technician and he looked so serious. And you would never think that guy would crack a smile or laugh or joke around. And then just being around him, he's he's a jokester, he's a prankster, and he's so funny. He has a dry sense of humor. <laughs> it's really, it's really great. And then having feedback coming backstage and no one told me I did anything wrong. Nobody told me I messed mm -hmm. up or, Hey, you know, you'll never be back, brought back here again. It was all good thumbs up and signs of, Hey, that was good kid. Thank you for coming. And that's all I needed to hear. You know, I, I got some good advice before the show. I got the thumbs up from Dean Malenko and um, just, I mean, just, seeing his face just kind of go give me the nod not tell me he did a good job kid he just was and walked away that's all i needed wwe have used you in other capacities haven't they over the years as well can you tell us yes. about the other experiences with wwe i was reading through i read through the yeah. email gino I, I thought i've got to ask definitely going to ask him about the other dealings when you were at WWE sure. in arizona as well man yeah so yeah share it with us please man yeah sure um guys uh Ever since 2014, I've been working for the WWE for almost every single year. Um, there's not one thing I haven't done. Rather, it's security, a guy standing in the shadows in, in, in a hall, uh, a wrestler. Um, you know what I mean? I was a rosebud. Uh, I've broken up fights. I've been on NXT. I got belly to belly by Drew McIntyre at the Royal Rumble 2019. Um, I, I, I can go on. You know what I mean? Uh, there's, I was in the conga line. You know what I mean? I've done it all. Uh, as far as, you know, being, working with the WWE, the only thing I haven't done is obtain that contract. And that's what I really want. You know what I mean? Um, hopefully they can see me enough times where they're sick of me and they go, okay, kid, just 
why don't you just get a job here? You've done everything. You know what I mean? So uh, that's the goal. But I've, I've been in like the New Day rap battles, which oh, is man. phenomenal. It that was, was re- my favorite moment. That was ruthless. That was ruthless. <laughs> Some of the stuff that was getting bandied about the hair. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can share a little story about that day. Um, so, of course, they paired us up with the New Day. Me and my clique and the other uh, extras were with the Usos. And I just remember the whole day in the, in the hallway, they'd pass each other and they'd look at each other and they're like, what are you going to say tonight? And the other guy would go, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And they were just antagonizing <laughs> each other the whole day. And they would go and, you know, meet each other. And they're like, oh, no, seriously, like, what are you going to say? And then the, uh, Kobe Kingston and Xavier would be like, don't worry about it. You'll find out when we get out there. And then Usos are like, okay, we got something for you. We got something for you. And I'm just like, what the heck is going to happen? Like, I, I am so excited to see this. And sure enough, we weren't ready. The New Day wasn't ready for what the Usos said. And it, it was one of the greatest moments I've ever experienced in the WWE, besides like 205 Live. Um, another great experience was, gosh, working with Drew McIntyre, who's such a cool dude. Oh, and the man is humongous. Let me tell you, the man is a giant. <laughs> he looks big on TV. He is big on TV, uh, even in person. But I just remember them hang, saying, hey, we need to throw somebody, you know, and I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, these guys are bigger than me. How about I, me, I'll do it. And Drew McIntyre is like, you know, all right, I'm going to throw you over my head. I'm going to give you a belly to belly. And I was like, I can do it, no problem. And then during the day, they said, we're not going to do it. And I was like, oh, gosh, please, why? I really wanted that moment. And then something came up, and they're like, we're going to do it. It's on. It's back on. And I'm like, okay. And then they come back, oh, we're not doing it. Change the plans. And I'm like, what are we doing? What's going on, you know? And Drew McIntyre comes up to me and goes, we're doing it. And I'm like, okay. He goes, are you sure you can do this? And I was like, <laughs> yes, yes, I'm very sure I can do this. He goes, you're sure it's me flying you over. I'm going to throw you, but you might fly into the crowd. Are you sure you can do it? And I was like, I can do this. Let's do it. Sure enough, you know, we do the whole conga line because I was part of the line and uh, Drew McIntyre was supposed to basically just uh, disassemble everybody, you know, right? And I was one of the guys. And sure enough, I see, you know, we're doing the conga line. He gets thrown over. No way, Jose. Lands on the floor. He gets up. Eh, who cares? Let's dance. So we're all dancing back. And all of a sudden, you hear Drew's music, number 16. He comes out. Everybody freezes. Crowd's waiting on what's going to happen. He runs through everybody, sees me. Instead of throwing me over his head, he throws me to the side. And my tailbone explodes and you can see it on my face where i'm like oh gosh you know i mean it hurts so bad because it was concrete floor and he's six six or six five six four i'm not sure but just the fall of like being thrown like that oh gosh i'll never forget it and the crowd was so loud you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. they it was just one of those spots that i'll never forget and one of my most favorite times of working for the wwe i love i love doing extra work for them but I'm not content doing that. I'd like to get that contract someday. Absolutely, man. Uh, you never know. NXT. NXT Hopefully. could be. That'd be incredible. It's good seeing all these new guys. The, ne- the next wave of talent coming through. That's what I like about NXT. So, yes, Jake Atlas is from my school as well. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jake, I am, yeah. Jake Atlas uh, trained under Santino Bros. And he's there. So, you know what I mean? We've got a lot of people coming up. Brody King who's in Ring of Honor in yeah. Japan. He's from Santino Bros. Tyler Bateman um, from Ring of Honor now. He's from Santino Bros. We've got a lot of people, you know, uh, coming out of that school, busting out of that school. 
signing major deals with people. You know what I mean? The good thing for you guys is they're extending off that. There's so many places to work these days as well, isn't there? Yeah. You know, aside from the big, the big two, big three, that's the amount of, even here in the UK, Gino, it's incredible how many yeah. independents there are over here, man. It's just Yeah, crazy. you know what? I was actually, I'm a big fan of NXT UK. Uh, I watched also Progress. Uh, gosh, uh, the work there is, if you guys think, you know, the, the work in America is amazing, you don't know what we think of you guys. Like, just in general, the, the whole UK is just, I love the work and I love taking some of their stuff and kind of, you know, tr- tweaking it a little bit to make it my own. But everything seems so, so done well and so straightforward and, and, and so stiff there. It's so clean, the wrestling, that you guys are just, oh gosh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of UK wrestling. I can't wait to make my debut there. I would love to go to the UK and I've got my passport ready. Just, you know, just say it's bring it out there. There's plenty, I've got my passport ready. There's plenty of places. <laughs> there's plenty of places, Gino, honestly, man. Are there? Honestly, yeah. Really? Over here, absolutely. You could fly over and you could have work for, for a week, I reckon. I reckon you just get booked con- consecutively yeah. day on day. Once it's all back up and running properly, because we're in lockdown again, a lot of the places over here. So shows, shows have been cancelled. There was plans a month or two ago for them to have fans back. Everything was looking good. And then it's nosedived again. I feel for the promoters, man. I really do. Yeah, yeah. And it, a lot of people are taking hits here too. Yeah, it's 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 not great. It's <coughs> sport in general as well. I know some sports have got fans in, especially in Europe, a few places in America. But we just, we need everyone back, don't we? In that environment. Yeah. That's what Please. you guys thrive on. That's what you guys thrive Please. on, man. And I love attending shows as well. So yeah, I did my first show since March. I did my first show since March last week. And then I have another show coming up this weekend. And I'm just like being in front of the fans. Is, oh gosh, I I've missed them. And I'm sure they've missed us. You know what I mean? It's a form of entertainment. It's a form of release. Some people go to shows to, to get away from work, to get away from home. You know, some people go to shows to take out some aggression and boo somebody or cheer somebody. And I love that feeling, you know? What are some of your favourite matches you've had? I know you've worked for various promotions over in the States. So, yeah, just some of Gino's favourites that he's had over the years. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, uh, I've wrestled a ton of guys. And, and my most favourite match, obviously, the 205 Live match with, let's say, Dorado and, and, and um, Grand Metalik. But besides that, I've got to work out with Darren Young. And I've got to have three consecutive matches over six months with this guy. And he is a machine. If there's anybody who can out-wrestle anybody, I'm going to go and say Darren Young is that guy. For those of you who may not know, Darren Young was part of NXT. He was part of Nexus. He's now Fred Rosser on New Japan. Mm -hmm. Um, Strong, and you can see him there. One of my dearest friends, I talk to him all the time, and I just did his podcast too. But he's just, he's such an animal. He's such a beast. That's one of my favorite matches. I also got to wrestle Darby Allen. Oh, incredible, man. Oh, that was amazing. Darby Allen was great. We're two high flyers just running around the ring. It was nothing but just boom, 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 flow, flow, flow. And we just loved working with each other. I got to wrestle Brian Kendrick, who, who, gosh, he's, I mean, that the name alone, Brian Kendrick, says it all right there. Uh, Chris Masters, who's one of my road buddies on the road. 
we like to get tacos <laughs> together <laughs> and, and, not, and not talk about wrestling. Um, that's why I think he likes me. Otherwise, he would probably kick me out of his car. <laughs> but um, Chris Masters, I got to wrestle him. He was he was amazing. Uh, um, I, I just, the list goes on, man. I, I got to work with Mark Henry. I got to work with Mick Foley. I just wrestled Gilbert this year in one of his last matches ever, in which he did beat me with a jackhammer and a spear. <laughs> so um, it, it, it's been amazing. Like every every wrestler I've ever wrestled, um, rather it's growing up watching them or, 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 you know, as a kid seeing them, they've been everything I wanted them to be. You know what I mean? I can't ask for more. I've never had a bad experience. And everyone leaves a good taste in my mouth. And, like, I love the fact that after we wrestle, we become friends. So. I had Gilberg, had Gilberg on about three, four months ago. It was good fun. It was yeah. Good fun. You've, got to come, you've got to come out to Baltimore for a beer. I yeah. said, well, at the moment, my hands are tied, but I said, <laughs> we'll try and yes, make it I, happen. Yeah, I actually met him in Baltimore in his own yeah. city. He was just walking yeah. by and I was doing a show. And I'm like, excuse me, sir, are you Gilbert? <laughs> and he's like, well, people call me Gilbert. And I'm like, oh, you're awesome. I grew up watching you. And, oh, man, thank you. I try to walk away. He's like, you want a picture? And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> sure, you know, like, uh, you don't want to ask, but you're like, okay. Because. Once you're a wrestler, you become one. You don't have to be a fan, but you know there are guys that are nice like that that will do that for you. And Gilbert was just so cool. And then him coming to Arizona to beat me for the title was was awesome. I was hurt, and he took care of me. And he's like, "Spear, jackhammer, let's go home." And I'm like, "You got it." <laughs> I got to lose to Gilbert. Not even uh, a few weeks later, I got to walk Goldberg out of his uh, his dressing room. So it was just ironic. I was like. <laughs> What the heck? I grew up watching these guys in WCW and WWF. Then I wrestle one. <laughs> then I get to meet one two weeks later. What is 2020? Yeah. What, what is this? You know, it was just so much fun. And they were both good human beings. You've done a lot of stuff within the wrestling base. I'm going to ask you now about commentary. How was commentating? How did you find going into the commentary aspect of the business? I got asked, I, I got hurt, um, my jaw was broken again, I've broken my jaw a bunch of times, and um, I had nothing to do, I couldn't wrestle, so, you know, I asked the company, I was like, what do you need me for, and they're like, how about commentary, and I was like, I can, I love talking, I'm Puerto Rican, that's what we do, it's in our blood to talk people to death, you know what I mean, that's part of our job, and um, I just got on commentary with Kyle Wilde, and he, he owns CCW, which I'm currently the champion in that company, but when he didn't have that company, he was just a commentator and he was doing it all by himself. And I asked, Hey, would you mind if I joined you on commentary? And he's like, I love that. And ever since then, it was just, it was a perfect flow. Like I can, I love commentary. If things never work out in wrestling, I, there's so many other things I can do. I can announce, I can ref, I can do commentary. I'll hold a camera. I'll do security. There's so many other jobs that I, I'm perfectly fine with as long as I'm in the business. <clears throat> That's a cool answer, man. That's nice. I'm gonna yes. get back. I'm gonna get back to the early days when you were watching wrestling with your mum. And who were some of the guys? I know you listed the cruiserweight guys in WCW. I loved them too. But yeah, some more more guys that you love watching when you when you were growing up, man. We're gonna go back a bit. I want to scoot back to when you were, <laughs> when you were a fan like me. Yes, let's go to back. So, um, guys, I loved the Undertaker. Me and my mom were the biggest undertaker fans in the world um i grew up in the golden 
I'd say the Golden, oh, the Hulk Hogan, the Ultimate Warrior, the Bret Hart era and stuff like that. That's who I idolized and stuff like that. And just the Undertaker, Doink the Clown, funny, random, I know, but I was I was like a Doink fan. I loved Doink. Um, I, liked, I liked gimmicks. I was a kid, you know what I mean? So I grew up watching those guys like Yokozuna and Undertaker, Bret Hart. I liked Giant Gonzalez for some random reason. I loved <laughs> Macho Man. Just the colors and just that's where I get my ring gear. Is like I look at Macho Man, I'm like, I want to be colorful like that. You know what I mean? But um, Undertaker, was he did it for us. I would go to the movie store back when VHSs were around and stuff like that. And we'd rent everything that had Undertaker on it. We didn't care about anything else. We were like, this one has Undertaker. This one has Undertaker. This one, whatever. And, um, like, one of my most favorite Undertaker matches was the Undertaker versus Undertaker or the Undertaker versus Yokozuna in a casket match. Um, anything Undertaker was just, he did it for me. My first action figure was the Undertaker. And a funny quick story, um, I recently met the Undertaker in 2009, was it 18, I believe, and I got starstruck for the first time ever. I've, nev- I've met a lot of famous people said hey how you doing whatever cool it's nice to meet you i like your song but when i met the undertaker after standing four hours in line and um i asked the lady he was like you know she's like you want to do our picture or your picture on your phone and i was like mine on my phone i want it now and uh, i gave her the phone and i guess she was an android user sorry but uh <clears throat> i'm an iphone guy and she didn't know how to work it and i was like no you just take the picture like this. <laughs> and the whole time well, I've got my back to The Undertaker. He's like this the whole time. And I didn't know. And everybody in front of me is like, look, 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 look behind you. And I'm like, what, what, what? And I look behind and he's like, how are you doing? And I shook his hand and I said, good. I took the picture and I walked away. And I didn't, I thought for four hours <laughs> of what I was going to tell him, like, Undertaker, you've been my, my mom's favorite wrestler. You're my favorite wrestler. I love you. Thank you for everything. You're the reason why I wrestle. Thank you. And I was going to walk away. I did none of that. I shook his hand, looked at the camera, walked away. And I regret that because I never got to tell him that. And, I, and that was the first time I've been starstruck in my life. And I have that picture and I have that memory, but it just sucks. I hope I meet him again so I could do that. But I've been following the Undertaker since I was a kid. And uh, there's nothing better than him. Love Macho Man, love Hulk Hogan, love Ultimate Warrior, Yokozuna, Doink. Those are my guys when I was a kid. My my dad is still to this day a big fan of Undertaker. And we were at uh, SummerSlam 92 when he faced Kamala, man. So it's just incredible. Nice, nice here. Love, yes. that, love that story about meeting him. It sounds like me with Bret Hart at WrestleCon in 2013. I, oh, God. I've coped with everyone, Gino. I have coped with everyone. Bret... Similar to you, couldn't muster up a sentence. I just went. Okay. It went. It went to pot, mate. It went to pot. I'm fine normally, and he was the one yeah. person I met. Brett. He's been my favourite since 1990. <laughs> just can't, what? just can't control controlling. Yeah. Sometimes my mind just yeah. went blank. It was just like, "There's the Undertaker. Take your picture and run away quick." You know what I mean? And oh gosh, it's like I, temporary paralysis of the brain. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I just sat in my car and I was defeated, but I was like, I'm happy I got this picture. And I, the whole time, I'm just kicking myself in the head, like, why didn't I say this? And I'm thinking, should I just go back in line? But I can't go back in line. Like, what am I gonna do? Oh gosh, I hope I meet him. Sure enough, I do extra work for the WWE. He walks right by me, and I'm like, 
there he is. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, he doesn't, he doesn't remember stuff like that. But I just, every time I see him, all the good memories go away. And that memory of, you got starstruck kid goes every time I see him now. I'm like, well, how could I do that to my idol? This man is why I'm in the business. So there you go. Extending off cruiserweight matches. You've spoken about the cruiserweight guys that you love, love watching. Oh, what, was, what was some of your favorite matches from the cruiserweight division, like maybe like heavyweight division, lightweight division in WWE as well, as, as well as WCW. Okay, so um, hopefully I got this uh, question right. So, I mean, <clears throat> I, I grew up watching the cruiserweights. I would flip back and forth back when you couldn't record everything. Mm-hmm. Everything was cable. So you'd have to go to like USA and then flip your channel back to, you know, TNT. And I, uh, I would do that back and forth. And if it was a match that I didn't care about or... If it was just a commercial and I could not wait for commercials, I'd flip it to WCW. And WCW always had these matches with these cool guys. Super Kahlo, El Dandy, Silver King, Ultimo uh, Dragon, uh, Juventud, Dean Malenko, Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, you name them. They were there. Halloween, just a whole bunch of guys. Psychosis, one of my favorites, oh, by the way. Incredible. Um, I was intrigued by his mask. But I saw these guys got to get to work, and I'll never forget just seeing, you know, I would always see Juventud doing these matches, you know, with Rey Mysterio or Rey Mysterio and Psychosis. I can't give you, like, the the, the, the Nitros that I saw. But, I mean, I just remember one match that sticks out of my hand is the one that everybody talks about is the Eddie Guerrero versus uh, Rey Mysterio at Halloween Havoc. One of the best matches I've ever seen, and I love that match. It, it's very dear to my heart. Um I, I loved watching that stuff. Um, and then you said, as far as like heavyweight matches, but I, no, like- I was uh, no like the 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 lighter the lighter guys in WWF WWE. So when it was like the light yeah. heavyweight division, I know it went <clears throat> to cruiserweight. So yeah, just some of, yeah. some of the matches when obviously WCW was bought out by WWE WWF to make it a little bit easier for you. Yeah, um, I didn't really like the the lightweight division at the time in two thousand one when they got bought out. But I did. I, I remember watching like Takamin Shinoku. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, just stuff like that when he was there and he brought the lightweight title back. And, but I was more of a WCW cruiserweight guy. Like, mm-hmm. I liked that that whole – it was just different. You know, you got guys that don't wear masks and they're just wrestling and flying. Then you guys – you have the guys that come from Mexico and Japan and, you know, even in America wearing masks. And that's what intrigued me. That's why psychosis was, like, such a big deal for me. Just I saw his mask and his hair and I was just – I was forever – wow, like, gosh, I can't, I'm still trying to wrestle him on the independents. I keep antagonizing him and calling him out. But um, I, I hope, I, I will never get to wrestle The Undertaker, but I hope one day I get to wrestle Psychosis before he retires. I I'm pretty close to it. I've had two opportunities <laughs> where I'm like, please say yes. And he's like, oh, I can't get in the United States or I can't do this. And I'm like, oh, gosh. So, But back in Wales, back then, right, we had to watch Nitro on a Friday and we had to watch Raw on a Friday. Cartoon Network changed to TNT, so I yeah. had to I had to wait till Friday to get my oh, fix man, over here. But we watched it, but you still had to flip the channel because they played him mm-hmm. at the same time over here on the Friday. Weirdly, but yes, yes, just incredible, incredible time. Take me back, take me back to that time. Loved it. I, I used to record uh, all the stuff on my VCR. I would record over all of my Disney movies. <laughs> uh, I think I still have like the time Goldberg beat Hulk Hogan yeah. for the championship on like a oh, Aladdin DVD 
which is sad. But I mean, I was just like, I need to tape this. I need to tape this. And I just taped it over my stuff. Back then when you had to put like the tape over the little square. Absolutely, so man. Stuff. Yeah, I did it That's myself. That's what I did. Absolutely. I still have all of my VHS tapes. And oh, I have a VHS player that I got from like a thrift store. And I played one of them. And of course, they're kind of like weird, but the sound and, you know, but at the time, gosh, I was a big tape trader. I was a big tape collector. I loved uh, VHS tapes. I would, I would go to the rental stores. This is so bad to say online, but I would go to the rental stores and I'd say, I lost the tape and I would just pay or have my mom pay for it or whatever and never give it back. You know what I mean? So, but um, I would do it a lot until they said, you know what? You can't rent here anymore. And I'd go to Blockbuster and do the same thing. So I have a lot of stuff. <laughs> I have a lot of stuff from video stores that I never returned. <laughs> I would go to libraries and, yeah. you know, I, I'd sign up for a card and I'll sudden grab all the magazines and they're like, you can only rent 10. And I'm like, okay, I'll get 10, come back the next day. I think you have 10. No, I returned that the other day. And I would <clears throat> basically say, no, no, I returned those. I, I think your, you know, your computer system might need updating or whatever. They let you ten, rent 10 more and then I would never give them back. And I still have like the library tags on the magazines and, Dude, I, I was so bad, but I was a major wrestling fan, and oh, wrestling wrestling is still everything to me now, you know? Can you see me? You're back now, mate. Oh, I'm, okay, I'm, okay. I'm loving this, man. It's great. Oh, like, yeah. oh, honestly, the nostalgia. See, the kids, the kids today, it's just, it's too easy it's too easy to get a thing I, I, take me back take me back to the vcr days vhs tapes man i yes i, I miss it i miss it man I, I'm, look man i'm 32 years old uh i wish i had the time to just sit and watch yeah. the network i would yeah. watch everything from start to finish and these yeah. kids have the opportunity to yeah. do that and i for me i go to sleep watching a, a nitro every 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 you know time i go to bed but i can't finish it because the time they're like two, three hours long, and I'm like, I gotta go to bed. But I go to sleep to Nitro every night, which I don't say that because it's boring. But I just I go to sleep, so I'm like, I can kind of catch up on it. You know what I mean? So it, it's hard, man. I'm still stuck in '95 right now watching it. But I also get to learn, and I also get to you know see my favorites from the time, and also kind of look at stuff that I was like, wow, I never knew that happened, or when did that happen? Who's this guy? Oh my god, that guy's been blah blah blah. So I love the network. <clears throat> so appreciative of it. Which guys do you think deserve to be higher up the card, higher at the totem pole, but didn't quite get there? Some guys you felt were deserving. I know there's so many guys on, on rosters and it's hard to be the, the kingpin. But yeah, some guys that you felt could have been at the top, at the very top. Sometimes I know belts, characters supersede belts. But yeah, just uh, your, your thoughts on that. I'd like to hear that. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, I was... Uh... Believe it or not, I was a big fan uh, of of the Luchadors, so I always thought they needed to they needed to be more, you know, than just cruiserweights. I wanted to see them on the main event levels and stuff like that. Uh, a lot of WCW talent. <clears throat> um, I was a I was also sadly I I'll never understand why Scott Hall never got to have a a, a, a title run. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, the Intercontinental title is great, but why not a WWF title run? Like, I was a big fan of Razor Ramon. I loved Razor Ramon, and I thought he should have been up on the card, you know, than just being the, the, the one of the outsiders or one of the main NWR members. Like, I thought he should have carried the company, you know what I mean? Um, of, of course, Jake the Snake, I'll never understand why that man was never WWF champion. You know, stuff like that. I... <clears throat> 
I do hear it now where companies I work for, they go, you know, there's fans, they go, why, why isn't Gino Rivera a champion here? And the company will go, well, he doesn't need a title. He's over. But in some ways, I'd like to have that title. I don't yeah. care if I'm over. I'd like to have that to throw over my shoulder. And I'm sure the other guys too were, but Jake the Snake didn't need a title. Scott Hall didn't need a title. He's already over. Well, I'm pretty sure they wanted that, just that accolade. Hey, I was the WWF champion, but they can never say that, you know? So, and I thought DDP, when he came to WWF, uh, Diamond Dallas Page, I thought he should have been champion too. Like, I was a big Diamond Dallas fan. I was like doing this and, you know, every time he was on TV and he was just so over in WCW, like, how could you not love him? And in, in WWF, they just kind of made him look just, you know, it is what it is, a stalker, I guess. But I hated that. <laughs> I hated it. But I'm glad one of my favorites, Booker T, got it. And Chris oh. Wall, Jericho, like those guys, they, they got over in a company that I wanted him to get over. And <clears throat> that, that was pretty cool. Back to, back to you now. I know you've obviously said you'd love to pit your wits against Psychosis. Which other guys would you like to get in the ring with? That was, that was going to be my next one. <laughs> I'd like to choose death with Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, one of like now that I'm an older man, I had new favorites. You know, I I, I like um, you know Minoru Suzuki. Uh, I, 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 I there's a few talent in Mexico like Rush and Psycho Clown and stuff like that. A few guys in PWG that I like to wrestle, and then a few of my peers. But <clears throat> Psychosis has always been the number one guy that I know I can wrestle who's still around. You know what I mean? That I know I can, I'm this close from getting it. It's just on his terms. You know what I mean? So, um, I, I wish I could wrestle the Undertaker. I, I definitely wish I could do that. But as far as like new talent, uh, MJF, he, right when he got signed, you know, um, I could have wrestled him a few times because we, we did this a lot. And MJF is one of the best talkers around. And I feel like I can go toe to toe with him for that. You know, but uh, definitely a lot of New Japan talent. Um, I, I just love, you know, Tanahashi and stuff like that. Takahashi, all those guys. Ishii, they're just awesome. Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, man. <laughs> I was waiting. God. I was waiting for him. I was waiting Zach for Zack Sabre Jr. Oh, man. I would love to be tied up in a pretzel by Zack Sabre Jr. You know what I mean? And jo- uh, <clears throat> Gresham. Yeah. You know, Jonathan Gresham. Like, just yes, guys like that. I, I love technical wrestling and. I'd like to get in the ring with those guys. That's cool, man. That's cool. Where would you like to wrestle where you haven't promotion, promotion wise? I always said, <clears throat> I'd like to go to Japan. If life never works out for me, I'll be on the first flight to Japan and I will make a living and live there and eat the food. I will be a young boy. I will definitely go to Japan. If anything, if this pandemic takes any more than it's already taken from us, I'm packing my bags and I'm going to Japan. You know what I mean? Not Mexico. I'd love to go to the UK, but Japan stands on the top of that mm-hmm. list. That's cool. That's cool. <clears throat> what would be your tips for budding wrestlers? Gina Rivera's tips, guys that want to get into the industry. Yeah, just some yeah, some tips, man. That's what we'll go with. Well, <clears throat> I tell my students this. Uh, I'm a trainer now. Um, I tell my students every time they want to quit, and this is something that's been told to me. There's two things. One, Treat yourself, do not treat, don't cheat yourself. Meaning, don't take shortcuts. Do everything the hard way. Do everything the right way. Treat yourself, meaning take care of yourself. Don't cheat yourself, meaning don't don't expect things. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm not sure if I can cuss on this podcast. You can. 
You can't wrestling. Oh, there you go. Well, my trainer told me this. Joey Chaos tells me this all the time. Remember, wrestling doesn't owe you shit. You have to work for it. You don't just put on a pair of boots and go, I demand you fans to give me, you know, your money. I demand you guys to make me champion. I, I, I demand a WWE contract. Wrestling doesn't owe you anything. You know what I mean? And I've always taken that. And one of my favorite ones that I've been told, and it was told to the Young Bucks, um, the day that you quit wrestling is the day that someone was looking for you. The day that someone took your spot. You know what I mean? So why, what, what do you mean by that? I mean, I'm Gina Rivera, and I've been doing this for 11 years, and I'm, I'm not signed. I don't have a contract. I'm currently a free agent. Um, I'm an independent wrestler, okay? And I want to be signed. I want a contract. I want to go somewhere and be locked down exclusively. I want it. But there's been times where no one's looking for me or mm, wrestling's a little down right now. I'm not, I don't have a lot of bookings or it's a slow month. Why isn't anybody giving me the opportunity that that guy got? I think I just want to quit. And then I tell myself, wait, because if you quit Gino Rivera, the day that you quit, we'll have a new wrestler come into that spot. And then somebody from, let's just say, Impact, AW, Progress, wherever, comes and goes, hey, where's that Gino Rivera kid? Oh, he quit. Okay, hey, you, come here. I got a contract for you. You look like the type. You look like the Latino we need. Because I quit, somebody else took my spot. So I always tell my guys, the day you quit is the day somebody was looking for you. So don't quit. Stay in it. Stay in the business. There's guys that made it. 20 years in, right? There's guys that have been signed after three years, two years, one year, six months. You know what I mean? There's girls that get signed just because of the way they look. And then there's guys that have great ring, uh, ring work and ethic and they get signed and it's a long justice. And it's like, oh gosh, I finally made it. And I might be one of those guys and I've accepted that. You know what I mean? But I, it doesn't stop me from working hard. So the day that I feel like quitting, I won't quit. I, I just know that my time is coming. I don't know when but soon. That's cool. That's a good answer. As you say, revolving door, isn't it? No sooner would you be gone and the next man's in and eat. So that's yeah. that's sound advice for the kids once to get into the business. Yeah. They'll take sound advice, man. Thank you. Thank you for answering that. What, yeah. do, you, what do you consider your top accomplishments in, in wrestling within the industry? What are Gino's oh my gosh, biggest I accomplishments? So, I've got so many. Uh, um, I, I can give you like a top three. Yeah, man. It took me 10 years to win my first championship. Um, it took me 10 long years to win my first championship title. And the feeling I got was just amazing. You know what I mean? Um, I never thought I was going to win anything, a championship at all. But I worked for David Marquez and I became the first Arizona State champion. And I held that belt and my arms are so weak because I couldn't pick it up because my body just went limp because I was just, there's so much emotion. You get guys that walk into this business and they get a title slapped around their waist as soon as they walk out of the freaking, the room, you know what I mean? They're, oh, you're a champion. Boom. Let's give them the belt next week. And then a guy like me who's worked every day consistently hard, trained, I, I fought, I bled, I got injured. I never quit. I never gave up. And I finally got my title after 10 years of being in this business. That feeling was just so emotional for me after my brother was murdered. Um, you know what I mean? Just a lot. I just held that title. I was like, I can't believe it. You know what I mean? That was my WrestleMania moment. Um, obviously wrestling for the 205 live was just one of my, one of my moments too. That was just the greatest thing ever. 
you know. And then um, I'd say just, like I said, meeting my, my idol was one of the, the biggest achievements and goals that I, everything I've ever wanted in life, I've done. Because I've, I've maintained that, that positive mind of like, if you say it enough, things will happen. And I do say these things enough in my head and I promote myself the way I, I want to see myself. So they do happen. Nice. It's nice, man. Yeah, cool. Cool. Yes. Right. Social media now, Gino. Where can we find you? Also, can you talk about the school as well? I'd like you to... Sure, sure. That'd be great to close out. So I opened a school in July of 2019, I believe. And uh, there wasn't a home for these guys in the Southwest to train. And I'm from Santino Bros. And um, we have a really really huge backing and following and just the way we do things. We're one of the top schools in the United States and you can definitely check that out online. Just look up SantinoRose.net, look up Santinos on YouTube, anywhere. You'll see that we are one of the elite schools. So what I did is I branched off and I decided to open my own school called Off the Ropes. And that's in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I am the head trainer. My name is Gino Rivera and we train in strong style. We do Lucha Libre and American. Uh, we teach you how to be a, a TV wrestler. We do promos. We do entrances. And we also basically get them ready for, you know, the road. Uh, I, I do locker room etiquettes. We teach them how to dress, how to get ready as far as making their gear, their boots, get them in shape. We got them tanning. We, we do it the right way, the way, the way that you're supposed to look. You're, look. you're supposed to look like a wrestler and not some guy that hopped in the ring with jeans and a T-shirt and said, I'm a wrestler. You know, that's not the way to do it. So I've taken whatever Santino Bros has taught me and I brought it to my own school, Off the Ropes in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I'd say uh, a lot of my students are pretty much satisfied. So satisfied. So there's that. You can also find me uh, at Gino Told You So on all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, you name it. TikTok, Twitch, I'm all over it. You know what I mean? Um, I'm very active. I respond in seconds because, uh, gosh, my phone is my office. So, you know what I mean? I, I'm very active on there. Uh, my merch, you can check that out. I'm all over newspapers and stuff like that. Guys, I'm everywhere. I'm really trying to do this. I'm trying to get signed. And if I do, it'll be because of you guys. You know what I mean? Uh, my hard work and because you guys kind of, you know, rallied for that. So I need I need you guys. Whether I'm a bad guy or a face, you know, I need you guys to still, you know, go, hey, we got that guy there. You know what I mean? That That's our guy. We wanted him there. We wanted to see him there. He got there. Hell yeah. And I know that. A lot of guys will forget that who gets them there. You know what I mean? Who buys their merch and who supports them at shows. I don't forget that. Mr. Gino Rivera, thank you so much for coming on today, man. I really enjoyed it. It's cool to hear about your career, what's happened, yeah. the school. Yeah. So yeah, just thanks for sparing the time, man. I know you're busy with everything, so... Just, just awesome, man, to have you on the show today. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate the time you've given me. It's been fun. <laughs> I can't wait to, get it, uh, to do it again. This episode is brought to you in association with Powered 4 TV. So go and check them out for anything wrestling-related, old events, new events when we come out of COVID, podcasts, you name it. It's all there at Powered 4 TV. So find them across social media. Podcast Network.